Welcome, everybody. This is Paul on the Discovery of Podcast tonight. We're going to have a, a speaker. Jody is going to talk about why is it so hard to change. So you want to go ahead and take the mic, Jody? Yeah, thanks, Paul. All right, so this topic is going to be kind of similar to a previous episode we had called uh, Resistance to Change. Um, but we're going to kind of focus more on like some of the reasons and uh at the end here we're going to talk about some of the solutions uh so when it comes to why is it so hard to change we're going to look at um, our past program conditioning and all these things that have kind of led us to do the same things over and over and kind of just be in that routine and in that comfort zone and while i was thinking about this i started to think about kind of how you can tell when somebody will naturally want to do something or if they don't. And if, you, if you're a coffee drinker and somebody asks, hey, would you like a cup of coffee? You're just going to instantly respond. So there's a lot of different c- questions and scenarios where somebody will ask you something and you'll just immediately be like, yeah, I want to do that. And then there's the other times where you're going to be thinking of all those things like, if somebody were to ask you to go out to like a conference or a uh, concert or something like that where there's a lot of people, if you're, not, if you're the type of person that's not comfortable being around a lot of people, you're going to start to think about all those different feelings and all those things that are connected to why you don't want to do that thing. And you're either going to try to think of like reasons why you don't want to, things of, that can help you to overcome that resistance to that change and things like that. And it's really neat how you'll instantly respond to something. And after this, that instant response should kind of set off this red flag. Like, am I doing this just because I'm trying to stay in my comfort zone? Or if you have the opposite response where you're really slow and you're starting to think, you can look at it as, am I doing this because I'm trying to resist something? Um, Do I have a good reason for it? Things like that. So this this resistance and that this difficulty to make these changes is really going to be like any kind of opposition. And sometimes it's external opposition. We talked about external and internal uh, last week on uh, self-esteem. Um, but that same thing with self-esteem, that internal opposition, our internal thought, our it, that's really going to be the key enemy, as Paul says, that that's going to cause us to not want to change. And, that it is always looking for safety it's, or what it thinks to be safe, uh, things that are familiar and things that kind of lead us to be in a sense of control of what's going on. And that safety aspect really comes down to what our it thinks is safe. It's going to be more of like a perceived safety that it has built up through all this past program conditioning. And really it's, something that it's familiar with, something, something that our it knows the outcome to. Um, that's why we fall into a lot of routines. Routines seem safe to us because we're familiar with the outcome. We know what's going to happen. And as we go through these change processes, our confidence is going to be low. So just like our self-esteem and things like that, we don't really know what the outcome is going to be when we go to do these new things. And you know, there, there's a few things that are going to kind of force us to change where we really don't have much of a choice. And a lot of times those are those 
those crisis things where where things cause that fear, things that just require us to change. And when it when it comes to what makes it so hard to change, like I mentioned, the big thing is fear. And it's not exactly like a, a real fear, but it's really like a, a projection of fear, um, what we think to be the unknown. Um, maybe it's something we haven't done before. So you've probably heard some of the sayings, you know, better the known pain than the unknown pleasure, um, or the better, better the devil you know than the devil you don't. And uh, Debbie did a good uh, episode on overcoming fear and talking about different ways that she's overcome some of these fears. And these fears, they're just going to cause us to stay stuck in the known pain. Um, We're going to look at, like, the risk that is involved with change, and sometimes it's just easier for us and our it to stay in that pain because it's familiar instead of trying to risk the unknown um, for that change. And, you know, sometimes the pain becomes so great that we just don't have a choice, and we're going to end up dealing with it one way or another, and it's just not something that's not familiar. And since that pain is kind of causing us to, is requiring us to change, where oftentimes we're going to kind of revert back to things that are familiar. Um, you may have seen a lot of people where, you know, they're maybe they're changing, they're starting to go and explore maybe a different job, uh, maybe they moved somewhere, and something happened where it just didn't work out. A lot of times in order to get that relief, in order to find something familiar, uh, they're going to either maybe move back to where they started uh, maybe go back to the same job, something that makes them feel in that comfort comfort zone. And another another big thing that's a resistance to change is this uh, fear, uh, fear or fear of loss. So a lot of times it could be a person, it could be places, um, it could be things, material possessions, things like that. And I'm sure many of you can go through you know, things that you have around the house and, and find stuff that you've held on to from, like, high school or things that you've held on to for sentimental reasons. All those things are kind of like we're just trying to hold on to something that we're familiar with, things from the past. So um, I've talked to a few people that have kind of been through either a house fire um, or they've lost a lot of their possessions due to maybe divorce or hurricanes, things like that. And a lot of times looking at it from someone who's never been through that before, you think like, oh, man, that must be devastating to, like, lose everything. Like, what would I do if I lost everything? And if you look at them later down the road, you're going to realize after some time none of that stuff really mattered. They might think about it once in a while if something kind of triggers that response, but for the most part, that change isn't really that big of a deal once it's actually over. Um, our it is just going to learn to accept it. You know, it doesn't really have much of a choice. So, um, but in order to start that change, um, we kind of need to force that change on our it. It's not going to come very easy. So that's one of those things where we talk about the identify, confront, and be proactive. Um, that's going to be that proactive part is taking that 
action, taking that, making those choices um, to actually push those changes. And sometimes you'll, you'll deal with people um, typically in relationships where one person's trying to get the other person to change. And oftentimes this doesn't really work for a number of reasons. One, the person has to have the desire to change. Um, if they don't want to change, no matter what they're, how they're influenced, um, it's, it's really not going to hold true and it's not going to be long enough for them to create that new routine for that change to be different. Um, other things that pose a problem is if whoever is trying to get you to change, if you don't exactly have a, if you don't really trust that person. And trust has a lot of different things involved with it. One, it could be maybe they've lied to you before in the past, um, or maybe they've demonstrated something where you're not really confident in their abilities. And it could be maybe you think they have a hidden agenda or some sort of motives and things like that. And when it comes to trusting somebody's ability, um, I like to think of like doctors. Like if you go to your doctor and he does all these labs or something like that and he comes back and he says, okay, here, here's all the lab results, here's what you need to do in order to recover or become healthy in these things, you're going to trust that all the years of the doctor's experience, his schooling and things like that, that he has a reliable opinion and you're probably going to want to take those changes. Again, you have to want to make those choices and you have to choose them, but it's not, you're not going to have a lack of trust for that opinion. So experience is always another good thing that can build confidence and build trust in someone else's, I guess, push to get you to change. And I like to use, like a lot of people that go through any kind of recovery group, uh, 12-step processes, things like that, where there's a lot of people that have done and been exactly where the new people have been. So when they hear these stories and they can relate to all the things that these went, all these people went through, they're going to have an automatic um, trust for these people's abilities um, to recover and things like that. So when it comes to solutions on how we can get over some of these difficulties to change, you know, I, I always talk about awareness. So we always got to start to be aware, start to create these little red flags that go up, like I talked about in the beginning with instant responses, things like that. And it's it's really quite simple, but it's it's not really easy. And we don't really want to wait till the pain's so bad um, in order to change. Um, it does work, but it's it's not really the the greatest. We want to we want to make the choice and we want to choose to improve um, ourselves without having to go through that. Um, so we need to be proactive and we need to try to force this change for the better. Force our it to become comfortable with doing these new things, and I get out of our comfort zone. And traveling is a great example. Uh, Ray can contest to that. And he did a great episode on the evolution of change. And it's going to be comfortable at first, but the experience is going to be so good that when you look back at it, you can start to build on these different experiences and start to use them as experience later where you can be like, this probably won't be as bad as I'm projecting it to be. Because remember when I did it 
this time and everything turned out good. Uh, a good thing that I like to do is kind of visualize the future as if you were already in the future and what you would think after it was already done looking back and kind of associate those positive feelings and things like that in the beginning before you make the change to help you actually jump into making that change. So that's uh, those are some of the things on why is it so hard to change and hopefully some, some things will help you set off some of those flags and some of those markers to look at. Am I doing the same thing? Am I stuck in these routines? Um, and it's going to get harder and harder to get out of these comfort zones because as we get older, we start to build more and more routines and kind of lock ourselves in. Uh, when we're a kid, it's, it's a little bit easier. Um, but that's, uh, that's my presentation on why is it so hard to change. Thanks, Paul. Je- Jody, thank you. Fantastic presentation as always. Uh, thanks again. Uh, Ray, you're online? Yeah, I'm here. What's up? Um, Jody, in his presentation, talked about it two or three times. The new listeners that's online, go ahead, and, if you don't mind, and explain it, the acronym IT, and what it's all about, if you don't mind. Yeah, no problem. Uh, when when Paul's talking about it, he's he's using that as an acronym for internal thoughts, and it's kind of summing up the force that we experience when people most often refer to our, you know, being our own worst enemy or there being some drive in us that's always seeming to undermine our growth, our progress, any type of change that we're trying to implement. Um, we've all experienced not only external uh, adversity, but even sometimes our own choices, our own urges to go against what we're trying to do. And Paul uses the acronym IT to to look at that in a in a non uh, in an objective way. So to kind of address that and to become aware of that that force without making it without giving it uh, so much emotion that, that tends to go with other ways of describing that that energy. And uh, so that's what that's what it stands for when when Paul or someone else is referring to it or dealing with it, battling it. It's, it's that internal dialogue, that internal thought, that internal programming. And Paul refers to how it's created and how it uh, builds over time as like a tape a tape recorder. So all of our childhood, all of our Every, everything that's gone into our experience and our development over time gets recorded and we tend to repeat naturally those behaviors and those patterns and when we're dealing with it, it helps to look at it in, in that light as something that's developed over time and if you want to uh, work through it, you got you to gotta tune in to, to what has developed over so much time because that's what you're working to undo in some cases. Very good, Ray. 
Very good. In in your life, Ray, in the past ten years, uh, why has change so been so hard for you? Um, that so that leads right into that that uh, that past program conditioning that becomes so ingrained in my behaviors uh, and emotional states that it was, it just took a long time to undo a lot of those, those patterns. Um, we become so enmeshed in that, in those patterns that a lot of times it's hard to, to see it. And even when we're trying, or if we have within the best case scenario, we have someone, an outside perspective that's helping us to see those patterns. It's still so difficult sometimes to, to open up to that, those ideas because the way it works, the way that force works, we've got tons of uh, episodes on, on these things as well that they, it can create a lot of illusion. And, you know, we tend to develop beliefs, often misbeliefs about why we're doing certain things, why certain things are affecting us the way they are. A big thing that people say is, you know, uh, it, oh, it's always something. It, it's uh, something that is always happening to me. You know, nobody wants me to be great. Life just seems to always conspire against me, you know. And we we tap into those sorts of ideas versus taking uh, accountability, realizing that more than what we tend to believe is within our control. And it's it's just easy to get into the defense mechanism that says this is not my fault or I'm doing this because that person did something or, you know, I'm like this because my mom, my mama was always like this and that's, it just runs in the family. Um, so there's different things like scotomas, blind spots, things like that, that allow these misbeliefs and delusions to exist for so long. It's so uncomfortable to undo some of those patterns and to look at things from a different perspective. So for me, I know that was a huge part of it. Even when I, I mean, I always consider myself to be a pretty open person, open-minded, exploring other ideas pretty easily. But, um, you know, it's, it's a surprise how it can work in ways that you, you don't, you wouldn't even think that you are susceptible to, you know, until you, until you see it and deal with it and work through it. A lot of times looking back and retrospect, only then can I see how much a thing was affecting me. Um, so that, that was my challenge all, all, all along dealing with patterns from childhood from all sorts of things that I had no idea was affecting me the way that they were. And uh, really getting to where I'm at now and just understanding the power of persistence 
in those things. If you make up your mind to get somewhere, I think that's what I've done a long time ago is made up my mind that no matter what, I'm going to keep pushing for what I believe I was destined to do and be. And all along the way, there's been a, a lot of challenges and setbacks, but deep down inside, I'd already made the commitment a long time ago that no matter how hard it got, no matter how stressful, how confusing, how much doubt I may have at certain times along that process that I would keep going. And uh, I'm, I'm glad I did because so many things I can see now that I couldn't see during the process and just realizing that nature has a way of creating resistance. And I believe that's me and Paul was talking about that earlier, how it, uh, nature does nothing f- for without reason. And I think that's one of nature's reasons. It's reasons uh, for resistance is, is it wants to know whether the change that you're making is for real. And that way it doesn't uh, commit any unnecessary or any resources unnecessarily to your, to your change. So it's, it's really testing. And most people fail that test. As soon as they feel resistance, especially when you can't, it's hard to put a, a face on it, a name on it. We just tend to think that maybe we don't deserve what we're trying to, to achieve. Maybe we just, it wasn't in our DNA. It, it, it wasn't in the cards for us. And we tend to go down that path of thinking as soon as we meet any resistance. But I believe that's just nature's way of, of seeing whether it should be on board, whether this thing that's changing or, or transforming is, is a serious event that's, you know, that should be taken seriously. And so I've been thinking, you know, keeping that in the forefront of my mind a lot lately, that when I feel those, those resistances to just push even harder, just to let the universe know that I, I am certain about what it is that I intend to do, uh, no matter what challenges I face along the way. And like I said, just being able to look back in retrospect and see how many things I've overcome just by continuing to, to beat that drum. So... Thank you, Ray. That was uh, a very good uh, explanation of, of the uh, why is change so hard. Uh, is there anybody else that would like to uh, say something before we get offline on the conference call tonight? I want to thank everybody for participating. Uh, don't forget next Thursday night at uh, 515-604-9530. Uh, access code 655-145. We will see y'all next week at 730 on Thursday. Thank you now.